is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. If you still draft quarterbacks in round one, we're here to help. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Yippee-ki-yay, it's Fantasy Football Today. Fun show we got for you. Welcome, everybody. Recording on Monday afternoon, July 16th. Kick it off a big week. It's tight end week here on Fantasy Football Today and on CBSSports.com. We got some sleeper tight ends for you. Not all tight end talk today. We're putting Mike Evans under a microscope, hopefully reviewing some average draft position and much more. Emails at FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Hello, friends. How are we doing out there? Dave, Jamie, Heath. What's up, Double A? How are you doing, sir? I have been buoyed by Bruce Willis's announcement last night. Buoyed. You know, I I haven't heard anything about it. Oh, please. You know, we'll talk. No about one, it later. no one has sent me anything on social media about whether or not Bruce Willis said something about a you movie do, that he acted in. You do realize you're still wrong, right? I don't realize that actually. I don't. I, well, you, well, you should because there's the person who create who was the character of someone created by someone else, and the person who created said character who wrote the movie. Yeah, I don't feel it anymore. I, I yeah, feel, well, I, I maybe you should hear the full quote before you decide these things. Because what everybody thinks is the full quote no, is not the full quote. Don't let me doubt like that. All right, we'll I'm talk. Sorry, Adam. We'll talk about that later. I got some. I got some very important advice for everybody. You got to start your fantasy football league right. You got to book your draft party at Buffalo Wild Wings at B Dubs. You're gonna get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, three shareables at a special price only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations while supplies last. All right, quick segment here. I mean, super quick. Without any explanation, just give me a name. Which sleeper tight end are you going to be talking about today? Heath. I like Jake Butt, and I cannot lie. Jamie. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. Dave. George Kittle. But I feel a little inferior about this because the other two names that the guys listed are legitimate, like, deep, deep sleepers. Everybody's drafting Kittle. That's okay. I don't know about that. You think everybody's drafting Kittle? He's going to get picked in every single draft. I don't know if there's going to be many drafts where Jake Butt gets picked. Seals Jones is working his way into the final rounds of some drafts, though. All right, all right. Yeah, so that's coming up later. Like I said, it's tight end week. we got great tight end coverage, cbssports.com slash fantasy slash football. Also get the newsletter, cbssports.com slash Uh Yeah, this is not going to be our tight end preview. That's coming later on in the offseason season. Closer to draft time, but talking tight ends. First, though, let's put a second-round pick under the microscope. So we've done Gurley, Bell, Zeke, Johnson, Gordon, Barkley, Hunt, Fournette, Hopkins, Brown, Beckham, Julio, Thomas, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen. Let's talk about Mike Evans, guys. Number 23 in non-PPR, number 17 in PPR. Signed a big contract in the offseason. Five years, $82.5 million. Just two seasons ago, after 2016, this guy was the number two wide receiver in PPR, number three in non-PPR in 2016. And he's, uh, had a roller coaster kind of, kind of career. So, roller coaster going up this year, down, what are we thinking for Mike Evans? Heath, why don't you kick it off? It all comes down to the same thing it comes down to for every wide receiver, targets and touchdowns. And they have a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay, and they really spread the ball around. That one year when you talked about when Mike Evans was the number two wide receiver in fantasy, he had like 1,253,000 targets. 175. 175. I don't see the way that their roster is currently constructed, a way for him to get 175 targets this year. Fellas? He did average 9.1 targets per game. Is that a number to your liking, Heath? 9.1 targets per game. Yeah. That, that seems like a, a good number. That's very I good. wouldn't mind that from a receiver on my fantasy team. And I think he can hit that again this year. You know, it's funny. You say 9.1, that's 145.6 over a 16 game season. I am projecting 144 targets for Mike Evans. Perfect. So you agree with me that right around that nine target mark is exactly where he'll be. Where he needs to improve is in that's, his red that's, zone. That's efficiency. factoring his how many games? Sixteen. Because he was kicked out of game, right? Last uh, year, no, no, he, he was didn't. suspended for a yeah, game. Yeah, so it's fifteen games. 
Right, he right he played he he had a hundred and uh, last year Mike Evans had one hundred and thirty five targets in fifteen Still games. Still nine point one per game. Yes, right. So, so he if he had played sixteen, like one, he would have been right up around right. where Heath hasn't projected to. And, and hold uh, on, let me, let's red, put that let's put that in perspective. One hundred forty four uh, targets last year. That's what AJ Green had. That would have been eighth most at the position. Okay. Now, now please, yeah, I, I think I think his targets are are great. Just he was exceptionally great the year before. I mean. 175 targets is unrealistic for most players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Heath, you were a little concerned because at the end of the season, you know, those targets were not evenly distributed. At the end of the season, looking like the last six games or so, there were some like five, six target games. It was looking a little dicey. Remember we were talking at the end of the year, start or sit Mike Evans? We really didn't know what to do with him. And uh, I think I know he had a big week, 16 or 17, but he slumped at the end of the year for sure. Well, and I, he has to be a very high target guy because he only over his career has caught about 52% of those targets. Week, so he gets nine targets a game. He's going to have about five catches a game. Yeah. Weeks 15 and 16, he he was doing, he did very well. Weeks 13 and 14, he was terrible. He had 50, uh, 55 total yards or something, somewhere around there. Um, anyway, what are we thinking? Uh, is he, is he a top eight wide receiver? Do you guys optimistic no. about him? No, I don't think he's a top ten wide receiver. I think he's a top ten wide receiver, and I think his touchdowns bounce back to where he's closer to ten. I think he's a top ten receiver by default, and he's got. What does that mean by default? Because I don't know if I can name ten other wide receivers that doesn't mean take top ten over Mike Evans. Well, if I'm going to put him in the top ten, then I think he's going to finish in the top ten. His Jamie's right about the touchdowns, by the way, because he was awful in the red zone last year. He caught five of 19 targets inside the 20. That's a 26.3% catch rate. That is tied for dead last among receivers with at least 13 red zone targets. And I do think the touchdowns will bounce back as well. I just think they bounce back to like eight, not the 12 that he's had twice in his career. I still think it's hard to double team him. He also, With everybody else that they have there, I think it's hard to double team him. He also has what should be I think more stable quarterback play over the course of the season because he played two games at least where Jameis started and Fitzpatrick finished, which is an adjustment. And we don't know exactly how much Jameis was hurting before they shut him down for that period of time, which clearly is going to impact everybody in that game, in that passing game. So I, I think just knowing that, okay, Fitzpatrick's the guy early in the season, and he played well with Fitzpatrick. Great with Fitzpatrick, yeah. And then, and then you know, Jameis should come back and look, we, we've talked about this, that Jameis was on pace to lead the NFL in passing yards had he played the 11 full games over the course of 16 games. So if Jameis is right, that should lead to, I think, better production across the board. He's still going to be the most targeted guy on that team, I think, by far. And, you know, whether he's, uh, the red zone leader, uh, you know, I, I think that could be split among the two tight ends, him and then everybody else in some order. He has, what could be, you know, Adam, you talked about this. Uh, I, I know you, you asked uh, the other two guys on, on when I was gone, but, you know, when we did the show about who's Todd Gurley, at the receiver position, he could be that guy, someone who was great two years ago, bad last year, bounce back potential. Or, or you know, you, another comparison at the same position is DeAndre Hopkins, who had exactly. a down year yeah. and then bounced back in a big way. You guys like T.Y. Hilton or Mike Evans? T.Y. Evans. Evans has a much higher ceiling. He does? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it. Two of his four years, we've seen it. And yeah. I, that's another thing to keep in mind with him is that he's one of these receivers that does have the potential to finish as a top five, maybe even top three fantasy wideout. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just, I think T.Y. Hilton, like if Andrew Luck's Andrew Luck for 16 games, I think T.Y. Hilton has that potential as well. Yeah. But uh, T.Y. Hilton's ceiling, which we've seen is what number five. Evan's ceiling is number one. Right, because of the touchdowns more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't agree that Evans has number one ceiling in. Well, he was the current. He was number one two years ago. Yeah. I just they've just changed the way they distribute the ball in their offense. True, and the quarterback for the Colts is not right. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. We don't know. We'll see. Well, he's not the same. We don't know. We do know. He's not the same. Well, we don't. Well, we don't know that. We know no, that he could, he could be better. He's not. He's he's just not the same guy that he was. I mean, he's gone through shoulder reconstruction, had to change the way he throws the ball. That's not the same. It's that's a really tough call for me for Hilton and Evans. I I feel like I feel like the safe play is Evans, 
because of, because of Andrew Luck. But then you get to like Tyree Kill, Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans, and I think Heath, you're the one who has Baldwin and Hill ahead of Evans, and David yes. and Jamie do not. There's right. no way I would take Tyree Kill over Mike Evans. No chance. It's a little bold. Baldwin? It's a little bold. Baldwin potentially, because I, I could see similar type production for him, but Tyree Kill is going to, I, I think, take a little bit of a downward spiral. A little bit. What's a little downward spiral? Because you think of a downward spiral, and that's just like. <laughs> okay, so he will, he will, he will slip a little bit. Okay. There you go. There we go. All right, uh, we can wrap it up. Good stuff on on Mike Evans. People are going to be taking him late second round in a twelve team league. Maybe he spills into the early third round. Maybe it's not that late. I could see him going anywhere. Right now, twenty one, twenty two is his ADP. So I think once you get to the twentieth overall pick, Mike Evans comes into play. Last one, uh, Evans or Gronk. I think I'm at the point where I'll take Gronk. Yeah, I think I will too. Alrighty. Uh, please vote for us. Podcastawards.com. We're nominated or you can help us get nominated. Podcastawards.com. In the sports and recreation and people's choice categories. It's very easy to do. Just podcast awards. That's plural.com. Singular podcast plural awards.com. Uh, cbsports.com slash FFT. That's where you need to go if you want to sign up for a new league. We have the best leagues, the best product. We're getting better and better. In-app commissioner tools are getting easier to use. More dynasty-oriented stuff. Custom categories. Play as many opponents as you want every week. You're going to love playing on CBS. CBSSports.com slash FFT. Now, guys, we've got a lot of emails. I'm loving it. I really appreciate it. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. Getting a, a, a recurring criticism. I think it's the most legit criticism of our show. Would you like to guess what it is? You don't want us to guess what it is. <laughs> not enough Azer singing is typically what we get. The other thing is um, not enough auction talk. So, and totally legit. Good criticism, good feedback. Let's do that. $100 budget. How much for Mike Evans? Hmm. You just stumped us completely. Yeah, with well, the we idea don't do of a one hundred dollar budget. <laughs> um, uh, about twenty bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. How much for I'm, Todd Gurley? Mid thirties. Yeah. Okay. Maybe even higher in PPR. Thirty-four. All right. So that, that's your gauge. Thirty. Let's say thirty-five percent of your budget's going on the the number one pick in the draft, or the the, mo- the highest, most expensive player in the draft, and Mike Evans comes in at around. Twenty dollars, we'll say twenty percent of your budget, and we'll do more. I will, I will incorporate that more. It's important, and it's a little bit easier to compare people round by round rather than by dollar value. But we'll help. We'll do that. We'll help the the auction folk, and we'll do certainly auction themed episodes at some point. Big news: we got Le'Veon Bell news. He is expected to play this year under the franchise tag. Did not come to a long term agreement. Adam Schefter said earlier today on Monday, I know you're probably hearing this on Tuesday, but on Monday he said, uh, Schefter said it's possible that Bell could sit out half the season if he doesn't get a long-term deal. That doesn't seem too realistic, does it, at this point? There's no chance that happened. Has it ever happened? It did happen once, right? I mean, Vincent Jackson uh, comes to mind. That's what it was. Vincent Jackson? Vincent Jackson sat out for all but six Didn't work out well for the rest of his career. No. (laughs) Um. Now, yeah, I have all these stats about D'Angelo Williams when Le'Veon Bell was out two years ago, but I'm not even going to read them because we're not. He was great, but uh, it for fantasy. Um, all right, so look, his agent says this is probably Le'Veon's last year there. They don't want to pay the player; they want to pay the position. Are you guys at, at all worried about Le'Veon Bell and, and this potentially toxic situation? Not to the point of dropping him yet, but. I think it should be a concern for anybody drafting in Dynasty League. It makes me just a little nervous. I hope my tone conveyed the nervousness. But I'm not, I agree with Jamie. I'm not dropping him yet. When did he show up last year? Right before the start of the season. How did he do last year? He was terrible in the first month. Yeah, he really was. I mean, we, we, Jamie and I, I think we put Bell under, under the microscope. Yes, for probably what the second time. (laughs) I think it was the first time. Are you sure? I I feel pretty good about it. And yeah, he did struggle at the outset for sure. And he only averaged four yards per carry, and that's really low for Le'Veon Bell. Sorry about the yards per carry mention. It just, it just shows you how good he was the, the way that he finished. But I, I, I think there is some cause for concern. And Adam, as, as we talked about, if he was full go, uh, no issues, contract signed, 
shows up, you know, for start of training camp, I would move him ahead of Gurley in, in PPR leagues. I, I think Heath, you have him there. Um, because of what he does in the passing game, which should be better than what Gurley does in the passing game. But again, when you start looking at those guys at the top of the draft, you're nitpicking and that slow start could give not just Gurley, but a couple of other guys an advantage over him also. I, the only thing I will say that I was a little worried about if they signed him to a long-term deal was they started actually thinking about his future because they just work him they like crazy. Do. Oh, it's crazy. I would it's expect crazy. they're going to continue to work him like crazy. Yeah, you only they're going to kick one, him to the curb. You only got him for one more year. Give him all the touches. They could transition tag him after this year. And he's only 26, so it's not like with you know DeMarco Murray when he was leaving the Cowboys when he was 28 or 27. All right, so Le'Veon Bell is still a top two running back, right? Yep. Yes. Still that, now, uh, now, again, that's contingent on yeah. when he reports. Now, I spoke to him. You know, we talked about this. I spoke to him at the Super Bowl. You know, that was at the point the report came out that you know he would consider retirement or, as he said, sit out the season. And I said, look into the camera. We were doing, um, you know, something for our CBS Sports HQ. Look into the camera and tell everybody you're not going to retire. And he's like, I can't do that. Or you're not going to sit out the season. He said, I, I can't do that. So, I mean, maybe he is steadfast and. You know, his, you know, belief that he should be paid what he deserves to be paid. But, um, again, I find it very hard to believe that he would miss any game checks, let alone half a season. Did you ask him, did you say please? Or were, like, cause maybe that's why he wouldn't do it. Um, I said, do it now. <laughs> do it, do it now. All right. Doug Peterson did not say Carson Wentz will be ready for week one. He didn't say he wouldn't be ready for week one. He said it's going to be a doctor's decision. Is there a fantasy analysis here with this Carson Wentz item? Well, nobody's drafting him at his ADP right now anyway, right? No, his ADP's pretty low. I, if I, looked, I did a look to Adam's reaction, and you didn't give me one, so now I'm oh, disheartened. His ADP, depending on the site, like in the in those best ball leagues, it's like in the 90s. In Fantasy Pros, it's 59th for Carson Wentz. But so, both places, it's about 5th or 6th quarterback, right? Uh, I think not, he's anywhere from sure. like 5 to 8. Yeah, not sure. So, where is, is 60th too early? If Aaron Rodgers is going in the third round, 30th overall, is 60 too early for Carson Wentz? Well, you're going to see a lot of ADP fluctuation with the fishbowl going on with the super flex leagues. So it's going to it's going to change. That's true. How you look at some of these things. You have to really sort of filter a lot of these ADPs. All right. Well, is 60 overall too high, too low, just right for Carson Wentz? I think it's too high. It's way too high. Okay. What's what's good then? 80 overall? Closer to 70. I, I think just given how... We're going to see quarterbacks get drafted. Yes, somewhere in the 70 to 80 range is probably there. All right, for Carson Wentz. Jay Ajayi, according to Philly Voice's Jimmy Kemsky, Jay Ajayi has a good chance to have a much higher workload this year. That's pretty big. Now, according to the Charlotte Observer, Jordan Rodrique, he predicts predicts Christian McCaffrey won't get many more carries than he had last year. That's also big. McCaffrey only had 117. McCaffrey only had 117 carries. Uh, are you guys moved either way on Jay Ajayi or Jordan or, uh, excuse me, uh, Christian McCaffrey? Nope. No. Yeah, cause it, like there's room for Ajayi to have a bigger workload than he had in Philly last year and still have about what we're expecting. He had, he averaged basically 11 touches a game in Philadelphia and it got bigger as the season went on. I think we're all expecting him to average more than 11 touches a game this year. Cool. All right. And uh, before we get into tight ends, we got a tw- uh, Twitter post to talk about from Mr. Heath Cummings. But we have this email of the day, Kevin, from a suburb south of New York City. Edison, New Jersey. I've always believed Die Hard to be a true Christmas classic, but during the roast of Bruce Willis, John McClane himself said Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. How does this change the opinion of this being a Christmas classic? On a fantasy football note, how does adding points for punt return and kick return yards to individual individual players change your rating? For such players. Which which do you want to tackle first here? Adam's it does right. not change our opinion at all. Okay, it's it should change your opinion. I mean it's You brutal. still feel you still feel like you, you're gonna win this argument? I mean I feel like I kinda won last night. I feel like I kinda you remember you remember the reaction when I said Odell Beckham was better than AJ Green? The the backlash. People ridiculed me. This is this is and my. And Beckham got injured. And that's not what you said. You said AJ Green is not in his class. He's not. Okay, that's a different thing. He isn't. I'm right. Nobody thinks they're in the same class. Nobody. They're in the same class. They're not in the same class. They're in the same draft class. Uh, but no, I thought. Come on. 
Bruce Willis. So how about punt return and kick return yards? Um, which players would stand to benefit from that? Nobody. Okay. Tariq Cohen. <laughs> for sure. How about Will Fuller? If he has that role. I think, yeah. they're, they're I think at, he's going to return punts. They're looking at Kiki Kute. He uh, could do kickoff in, in that role too. Quite possibly Darren Sproles. So wait, we're just we're done with the diehard conversation now. Well, I mean, Adam's wrong, so it's not worth discussing. Nobody's changing their mind. That's that's the bottom line. Like nobody's well, changing their mind. Do um, you want to hear what Bruce Willis said? Yes, I do. He said, "Quote: Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It's a damn Bruce Willis movie." It is. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a Bruce Willis action but flick he, with some Christmas sprinkled in. That's a great so, way so, to think of it. So is, so Home Alone's a Macaulay Culkin film. No, Home, Home Alone is a Christmas in. movie. Home Alone is all about Christmas. It's all about the themes of Christmas, family, being with your family. Die Hard is an action movie. So far, you described Die Hard too. No, I haven't. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's about die- trying to get to his family. We've had this. And he never gets time. there. And he never gets. So he there. does. He gets to his his ex wife, who becomes his wife again. He never sees his kids. What kind of Christmas movie doesn't have, doesn't have kids? They do have kids. They don't have kids. There's no kids. They're in it for three seconds. There's no kids. But they're in it. So if you haven't seen Zoe for a week, do you still have a cat? Oh, please. That is a dreadful argument. And what don't do ever mean? joke about me not seeing Zoe for oh, a week. Oh, also Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, Tariqo. Julian Edelman could go back to returning punts for the Patriots, and Antonio Brown still on occasion returns punts for the Steelers. Tyreek Hill does that for Kansas City every now and then. Uh, I don't like these types oh, of things. Oh, Ted Ginn. Yeah, I, and, I do like these types of leagues. And it really depends on the scoring. You know, if it's one for every ten yards, it's probably fairly significant. Oh, very. Especially kickoffs. Like, there's not a lot right. of yardage in punts. Right. Yeah, that's true. So Bruce Willis also thinks they haven't actually caught the guy that killed JFK. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I spent an hour today looking for dumb Bruce Willis That's quotes. Not, that is not helping my argument. That right. That is not helping my argument. All it's right, Heath. Let's, flat. let's Twitter pull it up. What do you got for us today? Bruce Willis said that fantasy football is dumb. <laughs> no. It would, All right, wow, I made up this, this last this Bruce Willis guy. Uh, we did, these are very typical Adam Azer polls, just because I'm writing a piece on these four tight ends for our tight end week. Who has the most fantasy football upside in 2018? Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, or Evan Ingram? Yeah, except I usually do three people. You you took it one step further. Uh, and I'm curious what everybody's answer is because I don't think the public got this one right. The public is going to say Ingram. That is who they said. That's who I'd say. Who, I, who did I vote for? I don't know who you voted for. It doesn't show me Adam Azer's vote. I'm going to look. I, if I, you looked at your Twitter account, I will. you would see a little thing. <laughs> How do you not remember you wh- who you voted for? Like, who do you think? Did what's, you what's vote? What's the answer? I'm torn between Olsen and Ingram, so I don't know who I voted for. I think it's Olsen, I, I think it's Olsen and Graham just because of the touchdowns. Well, at least Olsen can get you some decent yardage. On top of the touchdowns. And I get, don't know if Graham can do that. Like part of this is about how we view upside. Young guys always have more upside. But there's just not the, I don't think there's the targets available in New York for Ingram to have that much. <laughs> I, oh, I, I disagree. I think the targets can be there. I voted for Ingram. I think he's going to be their number two receiver, basically. So, but he gets 115 targets like last year? No, he'll fall short of that. Around 100. 90 to 100. Under. I, I, I just, and he's going to be a lot more efficient though. No. He'll be a bigger threat in the red zone with Odell on the field. He's a difficult cover. He, he yeah. is a, a fast, yes. big, Guy. He also struggled when everybody was healthy. Well, I, I don't know if there's enough of a sample of everybody being healthy. Well, he struggled when Shepard was healthy. That's he not had, He had some big and, games and when his Shepard. career was and, just starting when he was with Odell. And, and he struggled Shepard. in the cold. He can't play in the cold. Sterling Shepard played three of his five best games. He did struggle in the cold, and he and he struggled to hold on to the ball in cold weather. That's not insignificant. So I, my vote was for Ingram. I think I'd have to change it though. Uh, to Greg Olson, who for some reason is way behind Jimmy Graham. Evan Ingram has 40% of the vote, Graham 36, Olson 17%, and Delaney Walker. Delaney, Delaney Walker deserves to be last on this upside list, right? I'm not sure he deserves to get 7% of the vote, but yeah, he's probably last. Yeah, Olson. He's I mean, worth putting under the microscope when we get to round eight players under the <laughs> microscope. <laughs> I take him over Ingram. Woo. Delaney. I would take him over Ingram. I would not, but I, I think he's a good 
fallback option for people who wait a little bit on tight end. And then, of course, the same question, who has the most downside? Same guys, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Delaney Walker, and Evan Ingram. Ingram came in last at 18%, even though I, I think everybody has to assume that if these guys all play 16 games, he's getting the fewest amount of targets. I, yes. He's the most talented player of this group, though. So, you know, let's not get what? too— Right now, he is. If you were starting your team with one of these four tight ends, just for this year. That's a different question. No, 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 just for this year. Talented. Just for this year. He's the youngest by far. Like, Delaney Walker and, and Greg Olson are straight up old. Just for this year, I would not take him. Long term, I would take him. Absolutely. Just for this year, I don't, it's the same thing you're talking about in fantasy. Why would you take him? He's a more talented like player than Greg Olson, no? He has more, more potential in the future than Greg Olson now, but no, he's, he's not currently. faster than Greg Olson. I don't know if he's he doesn't catch as well as player. Greg Olson. He doesn't block as we well don't as know. Greg Olson. Oh, well, that's true. But I don't know that we know. He, yeah, no, that's, that's, those are definitely good points. But, but let's not forget, like, Olson's coming off a, an injury plague season, and he's, what, 33? So is Beckham. I mean, guys come back from injuries. But he's not 33. Well. He's going into his 12th year as a tight end. This is tough territory right now. It is. There's, there's reason to be concerned about Greg Olson and say he has a lot of downside because of injury. I don't think there's reason to say when they're both healthy, Evan Ingram's a better player currently than Greg Olson. That seems like uh, quite a stretch. I, I do, uh, did I honestly, I don't remember. Did I say more talented or did I say better? You said more talented. I guess there's a difference. There's I a understand huge difference. why people could take umbrage with it. I think situation dictates a lot of this too, because if Evan Ingram were in Greg Olson's situation, I think we'd feel a lot differently about Evan Ingram. Or if Evan Ingram were in Green Bay or even Tennessee. I, th- I think the biggest hang-up for both of you is where Evan Ingram plays. No, he's in a great situation. Well, but, he's, he's got a but target so, vacuum in Odell Beckham and a number one running back in Saquon Barkley. There's no doubt he's going to have to be efficient if he's going to produce like he did last year. Did we get a vote for the most downside from anybody? I voted for Delaney Walker. He's the least exciting of the group. Most downside for me is Graham because if the touchdowns go away, he's going to stink. Jimmy Graham did get the most votes. I voted for Ev- I, I don't know if I did vote. Can I vote in my own poll? <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. So I voted yeah. for Evan Ingram, but I think Graham would be second. It it really good Twitter polls because look at the debate. It's it's spurring here because you know Olson and and Walker. I I thought today I was thinking Delaney Walker is the Philip Rivers of tight ends. Uh, he always finishes pretty high. He plays fifteen or sixteen games every year. He's not sexy, but he's dependable. Um. But nobody's like super jazzed to draft Delaney Walker. No, I, I think you look at Graham to a certain extent because you're starting to see, you know, the flaws in his game as, you know, the, the knee injury, I think is sort of not wrecked his career, but sidetracked his career a little bit. But Walker and Rudolph are two guys that no one wants, but certainly in Walker's case and at least two of the last three years for Rudolph, you're like, he's not bad. <laughs> you know, when you look at the yeah. position. Yeah. So. Uh, what, th- this is interesting stuff here. How do we, how do we rank them? How do we rank these four? Uh, for me, it's, um, Olsen, Graham, Walker, Ingram. I've got Ingram, Olsen, Graham, Walker. All top eight. I, these are, and that's non-PPR. These guys are in the same order that I put them in the poll, except in non-PPR, I have Jimmy Graham ahead of Greg Olson, and PPR, I have Olson, Graham, Walker, Ingram. PPR. Back to back to back. Yeah, I'm in the same order in PPR. Olson, Graham. Wait, what do you have? No, you don't. Olson, Graham, Walker, Ingram. No, Dave, you have, you have Ingram last in PPR? No, I said Ingram, Olson. Oh, you have the same order. Same order for me, non-PPR and PPR. Yeah. Okay. Fun and stuff. just so we have it in there, they're all very cheap in an auction league. Yeah, how much would you spend on these mid-round tight ends? Out of a hundred dollars, four or five bucks. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about some sleeper tight ends. Let's go a little bit deeper. Then we'll give you some more news and notes. Then we'll look at some ADP and finish with your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Also, if you want to leave us a voicemail. 954-689-3199. 954-689-3199. I'm going to get hammered for saying that Evan Ingram is the most talented of that group, aren't I? No, you're not. Because obviously, as Heath Twitter poll alluded to, most people agree with you. I just think at this point in his career, you know, like, Graham has not aged 
all that well. He just hasn't been the same. Oh no, he's aged well. His knee has not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's time for our fantasy football profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. We are profiling some unknown or underrated fantasy football players. And you listeners should be getting excited, get to know these guys. They could be the win- the key to winning your fantasy season. So uh, today we have three of them. We have sleepers. We have tight end sleepers. Let's start with Dave Sleeper at tight end, George Kittle. Love the way he finished last season. Double digits in fantasy points in each of his last two games. As a matter of fact, a 49ers tight end had nine or more fantasy points in each of their last five games. Those are all games started by Jimmy Garoppolo. And we've said it before, Garoppolo probably learned a thing or two about throwing to his tight ends while he was in New England. And Kyle Shanahan likes to lean on his tight ends as well. 49ers really didn't make a big splash at wide receiver this offseason. They're going to get Pierre Garçon back. They drafted Dante Pettis. They're going to spread the ball around quite a bit. And I think they're going to throw a lot. And Kittle just strikes me as as the type of tight end who can not only do some good things in the red zone, but can also convert third downs at midfield. Maybe be a candidate to get you 50 or 60 yards per week. And I think that he's got a lot of potential in San Francisco to come through and at a great price tag in drafts. I've seen him. He's a double-digit round fantasy tight end. George Kittle, he is going uh, 131st overall. Yeah, that's round 11. Yeah. End of round 11. Heath, your sleeper. It is Jake Butt. There's not a whole lot of things to say about Jake Butt because he didn't play football last year. But before he injured his knee in his senior year, he was viewed by a lot of people as the best tight end prospect in that class. The Broncos spent a fifth-round pick on him, knowing that he might not even be able to play last year. He's back. He was fully active at their minicamp, and they were raving about him. And there's really no competition on that roster for him. So I expect he he may just be third on the Broncos and targets this year. And I will hit control F and type butt. It's like the sixth time I've done that today. And he is going, wait, he's basically undrafted. So, undrafted. Yeah. Jake butt. Jamie, you're a sleeper. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones. Um, there's already at least one reporter in Arizona calling him the breakout player for the Cardinals this year. Um, he had that two game stretch last season against Houston and Jacksonville. He had 30 fantasy points in, in non PPR in those two games. Jermaine Gresham is coming off of a torn Achilles that he suffered at the end of last season, and they did nothing to upgrade their tight end position. As a matter of fact, they subtracted. They got rid of Troy Nicholas. So I think you'll see Seals-Jones in an offense that is looking for their second target. It should be Christian Kirk. Um, it could be Bryce Butler. It could be J.J. Nelson again. Obviously, David Johnson is going to be a big factor in the passing game. But Seals-Jones is one of these converted receivers playing tight end, not going to be asked to block a lot. And while I hope to see Josh Rosen as the starting quarterback for the Cardinals, the one thing I would rather see, the one reason I'd rather see Bradford be the starting quarterback is because I do like Seals Jones a lot. And what we've seen from Bradford the last two times, he's been the starting quarterback for more than a game. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was a star in 2016 and Zach Ertz was in the process of the breakout that we saw, you know, really come to fruition last year. But at the end of the 2016 season, uh, excuse me, the end of the 2015 season, that was where Ertz took off, was with Bradford. So Bradford likes throwing to his tight end. So there, there's a, a, a big ceiling, I think, for Seals-Jones if he gets more than the 28 targets he got over the course of the 10 games he played last year. Ricky Ceiling. Right. That's, uh, yeah, I heard that too. So Kittle, but Seals-Jones, everybody's got Kittle the highest, right? Yes. And I bet all of us have RSJ second. I think we all do, yes. Butts moved up a lot. Yeah, Butts last... bringing up the rear. <laughs> that is correct. Would you take Kittle or David Njoku? Kittle. Kittle. Yep. Kittle or Jack Doyle? Kittle. Kittle. Uh, Doyle. PPR, guys? Kittle or Doyle? It's closer in PPR. I'll still take Kittle's upside. All right. So I yeah, see. One thing about Kittle, which I, I think is is hopefully encouraging, is he led them uh, the 49ers for the season in red zone targets. And so, like Dave said, they didn't really add much to their receiving core. The guys that they have are not red zone guys at all. Garcon's never been a touchdown guy. Certainly not a red zone producer. Goodwin's a speedster. He's not a red zone guy. You know, the one thing would be is um, does Garrett Selleck kind Stay of stay away, Garrett Selleck? Yeah, right. can, cannibalize him a little bit, and then. Um, 
McKinnon because I think McKinnon is going to be a big, big factor in the passing game. What's this offense look like when they're inside the five? Do they have a running back that can plow between the tackles? I mean, size doesn't matter in Shanahan's offense. He, he was great with Freeman in the red zone when he was healthy in Atlanta. Yeah, but Freeman's got a little bit. Yeah, the of, same size. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know why I think of it this way, but I always feel like Freeman's a little bit thicker than Jack. He has a bigger butt. He does. I just didn't want to say it that way. We've said butt a lot on this show, so. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Well, we're hosted by an ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting that you talk about all these targets and not being touchdown guys for San Francisco. Garoppolo kind of had a touchdown issue last year. It's a very small sample size, but in five starts, he threw six touchdown passes. And you ran for what, two or one? He ran for one. And the only person that caught multiple touchdowns from Jimmy Garoppolo? Garrett Selleck. Is that who it was? Yep. All right, I got Kittle it right. had a 100 yard game. Yippee ki yay, I got it right. I'll tell you one guy who could be annoying to Kittle and, and McKinnon as well is Kyle Uchek. Because they didn't really get an opportunity, I think, to showcase him to what they paid him two years ago. And that's the type of player I think that Shanahan and Garoppolo can be creative with. And like he was his most active in the last five weeks. He had the second most targets from Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So when people say that he didn't throw the running backs, he didn't throw to Hyde. <laughs> he threw it to his fullback. That's interesting. Kyle Juszczyk. Okay, so the Jake Butt's going to be great for Team Name Tuesday at the very least. And that's what I've learned in this segment presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. And Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager, not an easy job. Sometimes you need people to regulate. But also, you got to make a good first impression. That all starts with the draft or the auction. If you want your league to love you, book your draft party at B-Dubs. You're going to get a free draft kit. Enjoy a special draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, three shareables for a special price to feed your league. Come on in. Get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations while supplies last. News and notes, a few more for you. So LaMarcus Joyner for the Rams, their safety. Ziggy Ansa for the Lions and Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys. Two defensive ends there, Ansa and Lawrence not signing their franchise tenders. Is this another tight end sleeper? Blake Jarwin for the Cowboys. He was frequently yes. targeted by Dak Prescott, according to the Dallas Morning News during the offseason. Blake Jarwin. I thought that Rico Gathers was going to be something for the Cowboys. Um, he's probably going to get cut. So they, uh, they've they talked about how he's gained weight to try and improve as a blocker. He is, I think, fourth on the depth chart right now. Um it's not a good situation for, for Gathers at all. And this is the guy that he was an undrafted rookie free agent going into last year and is somebody that I think is in the Jake Butt category because of the opportunity. So um, not as talented as Jake Butt, but certainly the opportunity. Um, Jason Witten has dominated targets for the Cowboys. He's been you know featured in this offense. And I think that's something that Dak Prescott will continue to lean on given the state of the Cowboys receiving core right now. So... Um, if he does hold off Dalton Schultz, I think you could see Jarwin as someone that has an opportunity to be one of these guys just to keep an eye on. Like uh, part of tight end week, I'm writing number two tight ends that have number one upside. I don't know if he has that type of ability as a young player. Again, it's still his second season. But offense, situation, and again, the word we talk about all the time, opportunity, could lend itself to, to Blake Jarwin being someone that we're talking about during the season as a waiver wire guy. Okay, Blake Jarwin for the Cowboys. I feel like he could also be very good for like Jarwin's theory of evolution, Jarwinism, right? Yeah. You feeling good. it, guys? Yeah, team names. Aaron Rodgers would like to play till he's 40. And that's good news if you own him in a dynasty league because Rodgers is only 34 years old. He'll be 35 in December. And Patrick Peterson says that Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy and has talent around him. What do you think about it? Is that crazier than what I said about Evan Ingram? I, I I guess I would say it's more likely that he's healthy than he has talent around him this year. Well, that is kind of a problem. I mean, he has great receiver and one great running back. And Ricky Seals-Jones. Correct. Yeah, but I will say this about Sam Bradford. In his last three games that he has started and finished, he has completed 75% of his passes, averaged 326 yards, and three touchdowns per game. Now, that does, of course, uh, 
carry over through two seasons. <laughs> Last two games of 2016 and the first of 2017. But he's starting to play some better football. And the completion percentage is great. It's actually, doesn't he seem like a great fit for Larry Fitzgerald? He could be great for those two guys. And look, um, well, well, again, I, I, I would like to see Josh Rosen be the starter from week one because I think he's talented and has the potential to be a very good NFL quarterback. They paid him $20 million, Bradford. So it's going to be hard for him to, uh, you know, get stuck on the bench if he's healthy. There, I think the Cardinals are going to surprise some people. I still think that defense is good. I don't think that offensive line is as bad as being advertised and they're getting their best player back with still a very good player in, in a complimentary role in Fitzgerald. If you want to call it complimentary with what he does under catches for the last three years. Let me talk a little trash to Jamie. I know who the, who the Cardinals are going to surprise this year. You, when they're really bad. <laughs> wow, your trash talk. How was that? <laughs> almost as good, almost as good as your singing. Yippee Kaye, Jamie. That's what I'm talking about. All right, so let's look at a little ADP. We've talked a lot about first and second round guys, so I, what I want to do over the next few weeks is just pick a round, not the first two, on Fantasy Pros and look at some average draft position and who's overdrafted, who's underdrafted. So I'm going to do half PPR because when I did PPR, it was way too wide receiver heavy. It doesn't really give us a good mix. And I want to look at round three of a 12-team league. Those are picks 25 through 36 in half PPR scoring. And here's what average draft position looks like, beginning with pick number 25, which to me, it it surprised me maybe a little early. I don't know, but you tell me. Jordan Howard is pick 25. Doug Baldwin, Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey. We can go four by four, you know, four, yeah, four at a time, three times. Jordan Howard, Doug Baldwin, Aaron Rodgers, Travis Kelsey. Well, first of all, LaShawn McCoy is, is, Ahead of that group, so that could be changing. But Howard, Baldwin, Rogers, Kelsey. What do you think? I think Baldwin and Kelsey are borderline steals. Kelsey for sure is. I think Baldwin's just a little late. Not, not too far. Maybe three or four picks too late. Yeah, it's overall running, running backs are going pretty early here because like McKinnon's off the board. McCaffrey's off the board, but Jordan Howard, uh, 25th overall. Interesting. It's a little too early. What are you confused about, Heath? Who was gone in the top 24? I'm, I'm just, we're missing, we'll, we'll find out who the great values are. Sorry. Okay. All right. We'll keep I'll on going. Fine. Howard Baldwin, Rogers, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Adam Thielen, and Josh Gordon. Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Adam Thielen, Josh Gordon. These guys were ahead of them? No, they're, they're the next four. Mid-third round picks here. Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Adam Thielen, Josh Gordon. I'm starting to get a little spilkies about Mixon in round three. Oh, I'm the other way. I think he's great in round three. I'd rather get him in round four. I'd rather get him in round ten, but that's, <laughs> that's not realistic. Yeah, he's not like he's not going to go in round four Yeah, in a 12-team league. Maybe in PPR he might, but you're going to have to – yeah, we talked about it when we looked at Geo – on our last show, Dave knows Gio's gonna have a role, so he's not. That's, that's the reason you're, you're getting the spilkies over. Sure. Joe Mason. How about, uh, Thielen, Gordon, and Tyreek Hill? Not in that order. Hill, Thielen, Gordon. No, those are, those are third round wide receivers. Yeah, I don't want Hill in the third round anymore. Wait, Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Whoa, you're really down on him. Yeah, I just, I mean, he's, he's not a red zone threat. I don't think that's going to change. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes, as big of an arm as he has, will be as consistent as a deep ball thrower as Alex Smith was last year. He was the best in the NFL. What a sentence. And, yeah. <laughs> very true. And I, I think the addition of Sammy Watkins is not going to help his target share. So as you've moved Hill down, have you moved Watkins up a little bit? Not really. I, I just think you're going to get kind of stagnant from Watkins, at least from my, my impression of what Watkins will be. And Kelsey's still going to obviously do what he does. Yeah. I don't think Hill's terrible. I just don't want him in the third round. Yeah, he would. He's my favorite of those receivers. I, Gordon is the one that I'd rather wait to the fourth for. And then we have Zach Ertz, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, and Derrick Henry. Remember, this is half PPR. Last four Hilt- picks. Uh, sorry, Hilt- Jamie. Hilt- Hilton's the one that's going to end up being too low. Yes, because if luck is right, Hilton will push his way into the second round. Hilton, Diggs, and I Henry, think Ertz is Henry, too low Ertz. too. Yeah, Ertz, sorry, Ertz, Hilton, Diggs, Henry. There you go. Go ahead, guys. My bad. 
Yeah, Ertz and Hilton are too low. Henry is just right, and I think in a league where catches count digs is okay here. Well, it's funny to say Ertz and Hilton are too low when they've got two quarterbacks with injury uncertainty. Ertz is in a better situation in terms of what we expect from the backup uh, compared to T.Y. Hilton. But Sure. Well, obviously, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't have Andrew Luck and it's another year with Jacoby Brissett, then his ADP is going to sink like me in the deep end of a pool. But we're all expecting Andrew Luck to be ready for the start of training camp at this point. Yeah. We're all we we're all going to tune in when he plays in the preseason to see what he looks like. We're going to get reports every day about, well, Andrew Luck did this today and he looked all right and he did this yesterday and he looks better today, but he might look worse tomorrow. We'll see. You can't make any definitive judgments now. Training camp doesn't open for Indianapolis for what another week or so. And so once that happens, we're going to know what Andrew Luck looks like. And we'll start to get a better idea. I don't think Andrew Luck comes to training camp and plays like Spurgeon win and then shows up week one and he's Andrew Luck again. We're going to see him ramp it up and start to throw well. And if he throws an accurate football and he can throw it a little deep, it's awesome sauce for T.Y. Hilton. I will say that the, I agree the two best values in the whole round, not just in this little section, are Hilton and Ertz. And I will say this. It, it is eye-opening that there are two Vikings wide receivers going in the top 36. And where does Kirk Cousins go? He's Q- QB8. He goes 78th overall. Is there another team? Like I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Is there another team that has two wide receivers going in the first three rounds? I don't think there is. I don't think there is Isn't that either. something? I mean... That's, Do you that's count Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? That you should, yeah. That no, but well, because you don't expect wide receiver numbers. Do you expect Stephon Diggs and Travis Kelsey to have similar numbers? You probably do. Similar, yeah. So sure, I'll count that. They both finished top seventeen in non PPR last year and top eighteen in full point PPR. And I, I can't remember what it is, but I don't think I, I don't remember the exact stat, but. Kirk Cousins has not produced a top 24 wide receiver. I don't know if he's if it's like he hasn't produced a top 30 receiver, but he hasn't produced a top 24 wide receiver. Who have they given him besides Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun. Pierre, I, well, Deshaun and Pierre Garçon, right? Deshaun. I, I, I should retract that a little bit because those guys had thousand yard seasons. Right, they were good, but he but they were. He spread the ball around a lot. He did have a tight end he had, that produced a top 24 had, wide receiver. Oh season. yeah, uh, he had Jordan Reed had a great year. Jordan Reed was a uh, top tight end under him, but. I, yeah, I'm not. Kirk Cousins isn't a strike against Thielen and Diggs. No, it's just it's like if Rudolph's. It's almost like the Eli Manning argument, but higher end. Like, how does Kirk Cousins not have an amazing season if we're drafting those two guys in the third round and we're drafting Kyle Rudolph as like a top eight tight end or at least top ten? Apply the same thing to Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely. And I think Kirk Cousins probably does have a pretty amazing season. I, but eighth is like there's there are eight amazing quarterbacks. Maybe if there 10. was a, if there was a team where I was worried about pass attempts for the quarterback. Minnesota's it. Yeah, I don't think he's throwing quite as much as he did in Washington. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the stomach for for those guys in the third round, but maybe I should. Do you? Diggs Half point PPR, I can handle it for Thielen, and that's right about where Diggs is going to go. He's going to be in that late third to round four mix. A lot of people are going to draft him just because of how he finished. In the playoffs last year, I'm probably I'm I'm probably with you, Adam, because I like the round four wide receivers: Cooper, Fitzgerald, Alshon, Juju. Yeah, I would take Larry Fitzgerald over every receiver that you have mentioned in this entire section, except for T.Y. Hilton. And I like the I I think I'm going to just be taking running backs in round three. Uh, in in many cases. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. By the way, Jamie had to bounce. We started our show a little late today. He had to do some video work for CBS Sports HQ, which you can watch on the CBS Sports app, which you can watch on your Roku or your Amazon Fire or your, uh, uh, what was it? Apple TV. You can watch, you can watch it on your laptop. You can watch it on your watch laptop. It on your phone. Any streaming device. I watch Anything on with the screen. Yeah. What was the and one Wi-Fi. I was thinking of? I was going to say that everybody has. Ah, whatever. All right. Keith from Santa Clara, California. Hey, Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Beef. I have to make a decision between Mixon and Collins. 
why isn't Collins getting the same love as Mixon? And he even points out that some of us rank Collins higher than than Mixon, but I guess the way we've been talking about the two of them, yeah, should, do we think Collins deserves as much love as Joe Mixon? I think he deserves more. I agree. I, I think we don't talk about him as enough because there's just he's a little scary. What's yeah. scary about him? Um, Fumble. His fumbling problems. Mm-hmm. His lack of a long track record. Okay. And, and Mixon doesn't have one either, but Alex Collins wasn't Joe Mixon coming into the NFL. Uh, in the final half of 2017, Collins had 795 total yards, all six was touchdowns, and zero fumbles in nine games. He had eight games with at least 15 touches. He was consistent. He showed underrated hands. And the Ravens have already committed to him as their lead back to begin the year. I think this is a running back who has a chance to finish as a top 12 guy. Yeah, I've got him 13th in non-PPR, so I, I don't disagree. I just do feel a little queasy about it. I don't think you should. Do, do you think that Baltimore is committed to giving him a big workload? Yes. I don't. I'd like to see how that plays out in the preseason. Well, that's good news. I don't know that we're going to know anything that, about that. Right, right, right. Well, I don't, I, well I don't know. I'm not saying from the carries he gets in the games, but I'm saying more like the reports, the reps, what the, what the reporters are saying. Like, I, I've got him with 223 carries this year and 30 catches. That's pretty good. Imagine him running with Lamar Jackson. Under center. That'd we can fun. dream. I think that's when he could be at his absolute best. Yeah, that, well, I, I can't wait till 2019, Dave. From, oh, I don't think it'll be 2019, Adam. From Allen. Where's Allen from? Allen is from Normandy, France. I was looking over this. You hung out with him last week? I didn't see him while I was there. Oh. It was two weeks ago. I was looking over the strength of schedule. Thank you, Dave. Was wondering if I should jump a little early on Leonard Fournette since he has such a great schedule. And take him fourth overall with David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott still on the board. No, and that's one of the things that I pointed out in the strength of schedule story is that it's it's a good tiebreaker to use. I don't think you should use that as gospel to uh, to make your fantasy picks. And as much as I li- I like Fournette too, but I'm not taking him ahead of Zeke and, and David Johnson. But I do think that Fournette is very worthy of a first round pick. I do not. You're you're expecting regression there. I I have a lot of concerns about the success of the Jacksonville offense and how many offensive touchdowns they score, about his success on a per-carry basis, and about his foot and ankle. I'm with you on the foot and ankle, but I'm willing to overlook that because I think he's got potential to have 10-plus games with 20-plus carries, 100-plus yards, and 1-plus touchdowns. I think he could have just a monster year. I do believe in the Jaguars' defense staying strong, by the way. I think they will. That's part of the reason why I'm a big Fournette guy. I, I'm not one of these people who think that Jacksonville's defense is going to fall off a cliff. I, I think they benefited last year from not playing Andrew Luck for two games and Deshaun Watson for one game or two games. I'm not sure. They played Watson in week one. He came in in that game. Right. And I don't think they faced – I don't think Watson faced healthy – I don't think yeah. Watson faced Jacksonville. I think this defense start. is good, and I love that the offensive line added Andrew Norwell. Yeah. That, that, that took a line that surprised me last year. And it made it even better with the best guard that was available to them. I will give a little sneak peek, though, just to – I think the Jacksonville defense is very good as well. I had to write about a DST bust. And that's and Jacksonville? That They are going to be a DST bust for me this year. Okay, this is from Patrick from the Bull City. Bull City, where's that? Uh, Durham, North Carolina? Where oh, do they maybe. do the running of the Bulls? That's in Pamplona, Pamplona. Yeah, in yeah, Spain. That's obviously where he's from. Oh, okay. Hey, Russell, Cam, Tom, and Alex. Quarterbacks. Top four quarterbacks in fantasy. Uh, I don't think it was that order. Maybe four point per passing touchdown. Uh, Patrick says, keeper question. PPR auction, $200 budget. And we get two keepers. Dalvin Cook for $27. Seems like a no brainer. So who else from this group would you keep? Michael Thomas for 53. Alshon Jeffrey for twenty six, Cooper Cup for a dollar, Deion Lewis for a dollar. It is PPR. He's keeping Cook for twenty seven. He can choose Michael Thomas for fifty three bucks out of two hundred. Alsh- Alshon Jeffrey for twenty six, Cooper Cup for one, Deion Lewis for one. You can make the case to keep Thomas, even though I think he's a little too expensive at that price. But then you could say, well. 
I'm spending 80 bucks to keep Dalvin Cook and Michael Thomas, and that's a good start to my fantasy team. I would keep Thomas and Lewis because Lewis kind of helps balance that dollar per player out a little bit. But you're never getting Dalvin Cook back for 27. Well, no, he's – oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I would keep Thomas and Cook. I thought he wanted two more in addition to Cook. Cook I don't – Cook, yes. I don't love keeping Michael Thomas for that price. But I can't get behind Lewis or Cup even for a buck. Really? At a 200? So how much do you think Lewis and Cup go for – in a PPR league, two hundred dollar budget, like like Patrick is in, because I was three, leaning, I was three, four, cup. five, six, somewhere in that range. All right, then it's not worth it for a dollar. Then just get no, Michael Thomas. No, and just to give you an idea, like I've got Michael Thomas with a PPR auction value of twenty six. So that's based on a one hundred dollar budget. So that's fifty two. Fifty two. Yeah. So it's a little higher. Not not enough to really. It's fifty three, right? Right. Yeah. It's so one, it's the same. One shekel higher. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, from a guy north of Palm Beach, dear Lucky Dusty and Ned, I, I feel like Heath has never seen the Three Amigos. Heath, the three like how which Three Amigos? Which Three Amigos? There's been multiple Three Amigos movies made. There have. Yes. False. Google it. I'm Googling this. Have you seen the original with Martin Short and Steve the, Martin? The, and the, the black and white one? You're, you're kidding. Yeah. Really? He's lying. All right. I'm thinking of going. Well, who's in that? John Wayne? I can't see John <laughs> Wayne going. Huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, a guy north of Palm Beach. I think this confirms he's never seen three amigos. I'm thinking of going running back rounds one and two in a PPR league. Is this a bad strategy? I usually come away with Baldwin or T.Y. in the third. It's fine. And Edelman in the later rounds. It's fine. I just watched Die Hard, Let It Snow plays as the credits roll. Got to be a Christmas movie, yippee Kaye. Thank you, guy. You're wrong, guy. I would say if you're going to take running back in round one and two, you better make sure at least one of them catches a lot of passes, if not both. But obviously, I think in this case, you're probably taking like Le'Veon or Gurley or whatever, so you're in good shape. Uh This is from... Nichelle from a city outside of Boston, Dave. Let's go with, uh, let's go a little farther outside of Boston. Let's go with Manchester, New Hampshire. Dear Jay, Cameron, Phil, and Mitchell. Modern Family. Oh, you've seen that. Outside. But did you I see the original seen. Modern I, Family? The black back and white in, one. No, I did not. 1981. <laughs> it's a great show. I didn't make black and white shows in that It was called The Facts of Life. I changed my league to a super flex this season. I plan on taking an elite quarterback within the first three rounds. When would you recommend taking a second quarterback? Super flex, super flex. I would say about the point the number 18 quarterback comes off the board, I'd start looking for my number two. And that would be a guy like who? Tyrod. Tyrod. Andy Dalton, Eli Manning. I almost wonder if you you kind of take the temperature of your draft as you gauge when to take that second quarterback. Because you don't want to be the only one to take two quarterbacks early. You'll feel like a heel. Yeah. All right. I mean, listen, theoretically you'll have two really good quarterbacks, but if you could still get two really good quarterbacks with one in round two and one in round seven, wouldn't you rather do that rather than one in round two and one in round three? I would. I might pay real close attention to how quarterbacks are going off the board, and they might go fast in this league. And if they do, then, yeah, round three, round four, it's not a bad time. But get in on that second quarterback run. Or get in on a quarterback run when it comes to your second quarterback. Yeah, that's why that he's been saying wait till like, the 18th guy comes off the board and then start looking at it. It's amazing how much my – I don't play in the Superflex, but we have a two-quarterback league – how much my two-quarterback league strategy has changed because – I remember when, like, Nathan was on the show, we did a mock draft, and we ended up playing it out, and I think me, this was before Heath was at CBS, me, Dave, Jamie, and Nathan, or Dave, Jamie, Nathan, and I, we all took two quarterbacks with our first two picks. And I, we might have been the only ones. We were like, so, oh, we're right, you gotta do it that way, but now I would never do that. Yeah. I, I almost, I don't normally even take one elite quarterback, I generally just wait until about 12 are off the board and then take two of them. What'd you do in the fishbowl? Because that's a super flex league. That is a super flex. I took three quarterbacks. I took Jameis, Tyrod, and Ryan Tannehill. Oh boy. So you didn't take one until round when? I, I am pulling it up right now, but I think that was right around round eight or nine. 
when I first took Jameis. So I wanted to get a good, at least one good quarterback in that league. So I got Deshaun Watson with the top pick in round three. And then I waited for a quarterback run and one went off right in front of me, like bang, 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 five, six picks in a row. Quarterbacks that I had queued up were gone. Had to sell for Tyrod Taylor. I think that was about round eight. And because I didn't want to miss out on Baker Mayfield, cause I just have to lock up that Browns quarterback duo. I took Baker Mayfield in round 10. Yes, I took Jameis Winston with the 71st overall pick. I took Tyrod. Wow, that's the end of round six. Tyrod with the 95th at the end of the eighth round, like yeah, you. Yeah, And I took Tyrod Tannehill at uh 119. But the reason I did that is my team starts off with Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Kenyon Drake, and Larry Fitzgerald. That's pretty good. Mm, so you have uh, a combined 16 touchdowns from those five guys. Uh, LOL. I don't know. It's a great team. It's a great team. <laughs> okay. I, I don't appreciate your tone. We're done here. I do. Us three amigos. We three amigos are out. And we will come back tomorrow with a little bit more tight end talk for you. Some breakouts and some more ADP review. For Dave, for Jamie, for Heath, I'm Adam. See you Wednesday. Na, 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 na. Now. <laughs>